You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 65, and today we're bringing you the second installment in using LinkedIn for business, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and after being in business for 20 years, I took the leap of faith from a traditional bricks-and-mortar business into the online world and created a business based around my expertise. Now I have a life that gives me the freedom to work wherever I have an internet connection. I'm now obsessed with helping the unheard experts who are brilliant at what they do but feel like the world's best-kept secret transform to influential thought leaders, all while creating a business which gives them the freedom to create their life by design. Join me as we explore the strategies that you can implement to create and grow a business based on your expertise. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your Thursday co-host, Samantha Riley, alongside the dashing Tim Hyde. How are you today, Tim? Dashing, I feel, I feel, uh, yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you did let me know that I probably needed to check a thesaurus. <laughs> you did. You, you've stepped up, you, you stepped up your gratitude game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I have. Today, we're talking about LinkedIn again. LinkedIn for business part two, because this is such a big topic, isn't it? We almost made this into three parts, but uh, we'll see how we go. I was going to say, who knows? It may turn into three parts. <clears> I'm not sure. You and I just are flying by the seat of our pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's far more structured and planned than that. We promise you this is all... Absolutely. Like, We've got a lot of notes here, a lot of stuff to go through. LinkedIn is such a fabulous, fabulous platform. It's one of my favourite platforms. I know that you do a lot of work on LinkedIn as well, Tim. Yeah, I certainly do. I think um, LinkedIn is really on an upswing right now. Um, there's a lot of people jumping on to LinkedIn and getting in right now, I think, is this awesome opportunity still. It's still not quite that crowded space like I yes. think Facebook is at the moment. Totally. Um, and, you know, we might see it swing back the other way eventually or, or new platforms pop up, but certainly LinkedIn right now is a really great space to be if you're in the business-to-business -business sort of space. Yep. Um, yep. which many of us as consultants and coaches certainly are. So um, hopefully you managed to tune into to last episode around you know, how to pimp your profile. And I think there are lots of really great tips there. And it's really the foundation because if you don't look the part, you kind of, you know, what happens afterwards, you don't really get the opportunity to, you know, to kind of really build your network and, and build sales opportunities. Like you said, Tim, it's a great B2B platform. But just because you're B2B doesn't mean that you will necessarily get the best out of LinkedIn if you don't know what you're doing. And I don't know about you, but I certainly find that there's a mystery shrouding LinkedIn for so many people. They just really don't understand how to use it. And yeah. I know that when I started using it back in, I think it was maybe around 2014, I certainly didn't know how to use it myself. So I've done a lot of research and a lot of playing around on LinkedIn to get to where I am today. When I first decided that I was going to pursue uh, the consulting path, I think, what do people want to see when they look at a successful consultant? And we talked a lot about in that last episode about how to, you know, how to create a profile that really, when people look at you, you go, yep, you look the part, right? You're wearing the, yep. you're wearing the suit of success. Yes if you will. But there's two other areas I think that are really important. It's not just looking the part. Mm -hmm. um, 
we've got to do a couple of more things. And there's two things we're going to talk about today. One of those is creating, I guess, the conversation around your area of expertise so that you sound like the authority as well. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Yeah, because anyone can hire a suit and let's just insert the word suit for any kind of business attire. (laughs) Anyone can look the part. Anyone can hire a Ferrari for a day. But how are we backing that up? We're backing that up every single day so people can see that we really are the authority in our niche, in our industry, in our area of expertise. Yeah. And that's around creating the right content right? Mm-hmm. And, and creating and publishing. Now, LinkedIn has two things that you can create content through. The first of those is LinkedIn Pulse, mm-hmm. right? and that's publishing an article. Yes. And the second is just actually putting a post on your wall, right, in yep. effect. Right? So that's wall right. or news feed. Or, or news have, feed. Yep. Okay. Now, I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Sam. Which one is more effective or least, least effective or does it not matter and you should just create content and put stuff out there about your expertise? Great question. I believe that both of those places is where we need to show up. So let's start with LinkedIn Pulse, which for those who don't understand this, it's almost like a, a blog post that sits on your LinkedIn profile. Don't ever write a blog post and then copy and paste it onto LinkedIn Pulse because you've got to be careful of duplicate content, which means that you will get hurt in your Google rankings if you're publishing duplicate content. So I like to keep the blog posts that sit on my website and my LinkedIn Pulse articles separate. I like to make sure that they're completely different articles. What I love about the Pulse articles is they actually show up on your profile. And I've had a lot of people say to me um, when we connect that they've actually gone through and read my articles and have got a really good idea of who I am and what I'm about. So they've read those articles after they've connected and really understood what it is that I stand for and my area of expertise. And it's a great way for them to get to start to build that no like trust factor, which obviously happens over a you know, an amount of time, but it's a really great start. But... I know that you also use LinkedIn Pulse, Tim. I do. I kind of mix it up between the two. I think LinkedIn Pulse and one of the things you can get picked up on LinkedIn Pulse and published out as an authority to people yes. in your space. Um, LinkedIn Pulse is, is LinkedIn Pulse is, is really like what you would call your pillar content or your pillar blog posts. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not the short version. It's the kind of the real bedrock foundations of your content strategy around your expertise. And, and articles, they're a little bit more transitory. Right? Mm-hmm. They, they appear more regularly in your news feed, but they're kind of like they're there and then they're gone the next day kind of thing. Yes. So it's a conversation right now, and I think we need to kind of look at that in that context, right? So Pulse is really around these are my, my white papers, if you will. These are yes. my sort of keynote speeches, right? And the rest is my conversation. Now, we need both because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the authority pieces are really around cementing our authority and the conversation ones, the more bloggy, you know, sort of throwaway bloggy. Sort of bloggy. <laughs> uh, the stuff that appears on your wall as an article yes. is more about the sort of side conversation, the actual bit, bit that really gets you the business. Yes. I, I guess I didn't even touch on those articles. I sort of was just talked about the Pulse. Why you would want to also write your longer form articles on Pulse is because the SEO on LinkedIn is excellent. And you can get ranked well on Google for those articles. 
specifically talking about the Pulse articles. Yep. But the other things, that sh the posts that show up in your newsfeed, they need to happen alongside them. So your strategy needs to be both because you need to be showing up in that newsfeed at least three times a week so that yep. people can see that you're consistent. They can really get an idea of who you're at. And using a mixture of um, written posts, videos, different call to actions, different questions to elicit conversation. But I, what's, I think it's, you can't use more than 1,300 characters in your newsfeed article. Yeah, that's right. And it's sort of shortened down to show what it actually, you know, the, the snippet. So all the rules of content publishing still apply, right? You've still got to have a, a catching image. You've still got to have, you know, a really powerful headline. The first couple of paragraphs that appear in the newsfeed, even the first paragraph, I think, you know, has to be powerful in order for set someone to click more and come and read the rest of your article. So those rules around publishing all still apply whether you're using Pulse or whether you're just putting a post up, mm -hmm. um, you know, to, to get people to engage it. Um, either way, I, I totally agree with you. You've got to be there regularly. And I think we've talked about this before as well in previous episodes where your potential buyer, the people you're going to reach out to and the people that are reaching out to you on LinkedIn they have this mental checklist in the back of their mind. One of those checkboxes on that checklist is, is this person reliable? They know what they're talking about and are they reliable? No one wants to buy an unreliable product or service from you. And that's like you don't want to buy an unreliable product or service from somebody else. Correct. And so you can prove, you can pre-prove that reliability by showing that you are consistent in your marketing efforts. Totally. So we need to make sure that we're on pulse, doing our long form articles, building our authority. And we need to also make sure that we're consistently publishing articles or newsfeed posts and mixing up images, text posts, videos. So that is around us sounding like the authority. What about opening up conversations, Tim? Because oh my God, this is so important. This is the most important piece because LinkedIn is a virtual networking platform. Yeah. And before I know, before we even touch on what it is, I just want you to imagine that you are walking into a networking event right now and everyone is coming to sell to you. They're not listening to you. They're not answering you. Like this is not the way that we react and interact in real life. So the way to think about LinkedIn is how would I react and interact with these people if I was in a room with them? And I just really want to pre-frame that. <laughs> it's so important. Again, it's like if you're going into that room and you're carrying the white paper under your arm, your Nobel, <laughs> your Nobel Prize, and you look the part, but then you, never, you sit in the corner and like never actually talk to anyone, look around furtively and you know, just hope that someone approaches you and buys from you. That's not how it happens, right? Totally. Now, you are the opportunity. You need to open the door. It's not going to open. It's not going to open itself for you. And that's where initiating conversations on LinkedIn, both to your existing network and part of new connections, is so critical. So right? LinkedIn is not is not a platform to collect numbers. It's not about how many connections oh. you've got. I mean, seriously, how many people Tim, <clears throat> do you come across like that where? They reach out and they connect and you connect with them and you say thanks for connecting and start to open a conversation and all you hear is crickets. 
Well, I'm going to read you this one because this is one that I had recently <laughs> and I think this illustrates this point so perfectly about how not to have the conversation. And we're not going to use names or anything, are we? I will, change, I will change the name here to protect the innocent. We shall call this person Sarah. Excellent. Thank you, Tim. So apologies, apologies to all the Sarahs out there. Because, um, because this no is just way, a fake Sarah. <laughs> this is in no way a reflection of your ability to hold a conversation. This is just uh, an assumed name. Right? <laughs> so I got a connection request, and I think it was just one of the ones that, you know, it was just like, hey, you know, someone says request a connection. It had no preamble or no conversation attached to the, the conversation as well. And I think it's when you reach out, I think it's always good to put some context around why you want to connect. Like I'll just quickly say, when you, can, when you do connect with someone, there's a little screen that comes up that says, would you like to add a personal note to this con connection? Yeah. So what Tim's saying right now is this person has not added a personal note to this connection yeah. request. She's just. I think it's always yeah. I think it's always important that you do add that personal connection. Okay. 100%. Even if it's something as inane as like I like you, you know, I like your haircut. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. But really, we want to say, hey, I saw you connected to so and so, and I'd love to connect. Your chances of getting that connection through are significantly higher if you kind of put context around that introduction. Yeah, right? totally. So, so Sarah, again, sorry, Sarah. Uh, said, right, hi, Tim Connecting, right? And I said, hi, Sarah, thanks for the invitation. It's always good to connect with great people. I'm curious to know where you came across my profile. We seem to have a few connections in common, but I don't recall meeting before. Regards, Tim. And, you know, this went back and forth a little bit. And the first reply was, hello, Tim. No, we've never met, but you were connected to some of my connections. So that's how it came to be. Take care, Sarah. And I've gone, no problem, Sarah. Um, hey, can you tell me a little bit about your business? You know, I'd love to find out more about what you do in case I want to connect you with somebody, right, that I can't help. Connections for connection's sake aren't as useful as those that lead to business opportunities for both parties. How's that sound to you? Tim. And then the reply that came back from this, like I thought was completely bizarre. <laughs> right? Because it said, don't worry, I've removed you as a connection. Take care. Sarah, I'm like, and I was just like a little bit incredulous at this particular point. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? Right? So I replied and said, that's not what I was implying, but okay, regards Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Sarah then replied and says, sorry, but I got the impression you're all business and to me too serious. Take care. I said, this is LinkedIn, Sarah, not Facebook, but best of luck to you too. <laughs> um, and she's replied, not on Facebook, but this is why I disconnected from you. I'm a human being and not a robot. And life isn't just about business, but human connectivity and kindness. So let's be clear, human connectivity and kindness is a wonderful thing and perfect for Facebook, but it's entirely okay to have a business conversation on LinkedIn. And I feel that human connectivity, even when you're talking about business, is human connectivity. Wow, I didn't realize. <laughs> it's, you have attempted to connect with her, you've attempted to open a conversation and she's just shut it down. Yeah. So this is what we're talking about. It's, you know, we are on LinkedIn. We are opening up a business conversation. I know, Tim, that you're like me. You generally try and jump on a call with your connections because I want to meet them. Who are these people? What is their business? What do they stand for? What are their beliefs? What's their background? I love hearing people's backgrounds of where they've got to where they are because a lot of those stories help us connect to people and really get to know them and build a relationship. It's much easier to connect people or refer people if you know what they do. 
if you yeah. don't know what they do, it's a little bit difficult. And also why? You know, again, coming back to that connectivity, we want to engage if we were in a networking room, right, face-to-face with somebody. And I don't know whether Tinder has completely destroyed the you know, connectivity to a left or left, right, left or right, but we need to have conversation. We need to engage in dialogue and show interest in helping people and understanding why they do what they do and what they do and who they do it for Yes. in order to be able to add value. I'm really curious though because I know a lot of people and another connection I got in recently was I, know I don't normally connect to people you know, who send me LinkedIn these messages, but for some reason I connected with you. A lot of people, and you would get these as well as I do, a lot of people go straight into the sales message oh, as opposed to getting <laughs> some sort of dialogue. What's your thoughts on that in terms of effectiveness and a way to open it? So I actually had one just only about an hour ago. Someone had reached out and connected with me. I'd asked them to tell me a little bit about themselves and their business. I wanted to get to know what he did. He came straight back with, if I know what's important to you, you would want this XYZ product. Would you like to jump on a call? I took great <laughs> offense to that because I have no idea who this person is. He doesn't know anything about me. He doesn't know what's important to me. And he had actually missed a huge, huge part of what it is that I do and my background. So he got quite a short reply back. Yes, it is important to me, but I'm actually all over this. Thank you. (laughs) Making an assumption is, it just makes an ass out of you and me, right? Yeah, it does. It's like saying your website can't be found on Google. What's your website? (laughs) Hang on. (laughs) You know, you've got really bad SEO problems on your website. Can you give me the link? Yeah, look, I mean, (laughs) I don't want to get caught into some of the dialogue I've heard recently of LinkedIn is all spammy because it's not. I love the platform. I've spoken to some great people. There is a certain amount of people that are LinkedIn marketers and we all get those people in our inbox every day. You know, I'm a LinkedIn marketer. But don't assume that everyone's like that because until you ask the question, until you open a conversation, you don't know that. And you wouldn't walk into a room and just say straight up to someone, are you a LinkedIn marketer? Because if you are, I don't want to talk to you. That just would not happen. So, you know, we would walk into a room, we would say hello to someone and we would start off a conversation in a certain way with some back and forward. And yeah. that's the way we need to conduct these conversations. Online. That's right. I think it's okay to put a bit of humour in your own personality into it as well. Totally. And I had I had one obviously from someone who'd been so used to LinkedIn marketers trying to sell them something or other. And and don't get me wrong, right? I sell LinkedIn marketing services, <laughs> <laughs> as I know you do as well, Sam. I do too. Point. Yes. And it was, hey Tim, thanks for reaching out. I don't need any marketing services right now. And I said, that's lucky. I'd hate to think I'd fix a problem that you don't have. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> all right. Now we're actually having a dialogue. All right. That's now progressed beyond that because I've actually showed a little bit of humor and said, okay, well, she's not trying to sell anything here. To totally. You. And, you know, a big shout out to Robbie Samuels, who I interviewed just on episode 62, because Robbie and I actually connected on LinkedIn. And when I connected with him, I sent him a personal message. He sent straight back, would love to connect unless you're a LinkedIn marketer, in which case I'm all good. And I, and I sent back, I think that's hilarious and I get where you're going, but I saw your book and I'd love to chat to you about your book. And we'd booked each other for a podcast interview within 10 minutes of that conversation because I actually saw that his humor coming through the message and he got mine back. So yeah. that's actually, you know, quite a good thing to actually show your personality. 
Yeah, and spot, it's important. It's the same as, as you said earlier, when, you know, don't just ask what people do, um, ask why they do it. Mm. Right? And you get that real sense of values. And, and, and I think it's also important to, to think it's okay to unconnect with people yes. who don't, don't have those, don't share those values, right? You want to be surround yourself with people who can buy from you, can open doors from you and partner with you. Yes. Right? And, and that's what your network should be. And, and LinkedIn is your, net, you know, is your network. Totally. Now, I just want to touch on what you said in case that, because that happens so quickly, people may have missed it. It's not just our prospects that we want to connect with. We never know who's going to open a door for us. We never know who's going to become a future joint venture partner. We never know our connections and how they're going to help us. Everyone that we're connected to isn't going to be a potential customer or client. And we just have to accept that we need to get to build a relationship with these people. We never know where that relationship is going to end up. But on Mm. that, Tim, my question to you is, do you connect with everyone that reaches out to connect with you? I don't. I'll I'll be a little bit selective about everyone who I connect with. And I think, you know, if I'm going to spend time getting to know someone, they need to be at least, I guess, in my world a little bit. Certainly anyone who connects with me and tries to sell to me straight away, I'll very quickly unconnect with. Yes. Um, I'll remove them from my network. But I think if, you know, you're going to find people in your network that you can add value to uh, and they can add value to you, that's, that's what we want in, in our group of people. So, totally. you know, take a look at where they're at, right? So don't just sort of connect or disconnect as, you know, just because you've got the connection request there. You know, have they, put, have they gone to the extra effort to put a message in? Yes, no, you know, are they in the same country as you? Are they in the same industry as you? Are the connections that that person have, has represent the client that you would like to reach? Because mm-hmm. as you and, you and I are both um, a social pod together, content pod together, where we, we help each other out by commenting and, and raising the awareness of each other's articles. But there's no point in me connecting to you and you commenting on my stuff if the people in your network who see you commenting on my thing aren't the people I'm trying to reach. Totally. Now, I am the same as you. I don't connect with everyone, but I don't just connect with people in my own country. I actually do connect with people globally, but I more look at what industry are they in. So if they're, yeah, accounts payable in a really obscure country, then I don't need to connect with that person because I still want to make sure that my network is quality and helpful for the rest of my network too because I do connect a lot of my connect mutual connections together if I know that that will help them. And that's, that's about adding value and it's being useful. That's being that hub in your, in your network so, and, and top of mind so that when people think of the thing that you do and they think of a problem that they need solved that you can fix, they're going to come to you and they're going to reach out to you totally. to solve that problem. So let's just... Go back and touch on what we've talked about. Number one is using authority positioning content so that our network learns what our expertise is and can see that we're showing up and walking our talk, basically. And we can do that via LinkedIn Pulse, which is our long-form articles, and we can do it via our news feed, sharing images, sharing videos, sharing text posts. How many times a week do you use those articles, Tim? Or how, do you, how often do you publish uh, Look, I'd, prob- I'd probably put an article up three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, yeah. Friday. I'm, you know, at a point now, I'm actually going to start increasing that to five times a week. Yep. Just one article a day. Yes. And then I'll try and batch a lot of sort of engagement 
I think it's not just about putting your own content up. It's also your engagement with other people's content as well. Oh, thank you. That's where I was going to go before when I lost my mind. That's exactly where I was going to go. And and, and I would always comment and not just like, right? Likes disappear very quickly. And we've talked about, you know, the the influence pyramid, how you want to be perceived. But if you can add value to someone else's conversation, A, they're thankful for it so that if you ever need a favour from them, you know, you're more likely to get it. Yes. But B, your name and your take, your expertise, your value add to their content also raises your standing in people who are also reading their content, engaging with their content. So you can almost piggyback off other people's networks in many ways. Totally. And, you know, there's something else which happens when you comment and not when you like. If you listen to last week's episode and you did pimp your profile and you did get your headline just right, when you comment on other people's posts, your headline comes up every single time. And yes. I had someone show up in my workshop, uh, I, in my Amplify Your Authority workshop in Sydney last week. And the very first thing he announced to the room when we were there was he saw my headline on LinkedIn and just went straight away, I need her. He did a LinkedIn stalk of me, went, she's everywhere. She's totally living what she does. I need to get to her workshop. That's awesome. All right. And, and living proof. I've, I've done the same. I was at the races the other day and, and some guy that apparently is on my network, I don't recall ever meeting him face-to-face before, came up to me and said, hey, look, I'm, you know, we're doing this massive project. Can you come and help us on this one? Yeah, right? fantastic. Because you know about this automation and, you know, and CRM space. Fantastic. So, you know, it does work and it does mean that people are now seeing you as the authority and expert in your space, which is what it was all about. You know, if we're perceived as the authority when someone has a problem, they will reach out to those authorities. Totally. So the first part is about the content and then the second part is around opening conversations. So when people connect with you, always send a message back. When you're connecting with people, always add a short little personal note and try and keep those conversations open. Don't ask closed questions. Ask questions that elicit a conversation just like you would if you were at a networking meeting, a networking event. Okay. I'm just going to add one last thing on that, Sam, before we wrap it up. If someone starts a conversation with you, please reply. (sighs) From Sam and Tim, please reply. (laughs) We were discussing before we started recording the amount of times that we open conversations with people and we just hear crickets is huge. And I know both of us provide many, many opportunities for our network. So don't ignore us. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. Good stuff. Now, we've got a really cool episode um, coming up next week as well. But if you've got any questions on uh, LinkedIn, on either of the two LinkedIn episodes, we'd love to hear from you using the hashtag AskSamAndTim or just email us. We'll be happy to sort of um, answer those on future episodes. But, of course, next week we're going to go into an interesting topic, I think, on how to educate clients to respect your time. Yes, and we came up with this episode because of some personal situations that had happened in <laughs> both of our lives uh, and we thought, why not, why not share the love? Why not share how we have personally dealt with some of these situations in our lives, in our business because I'm sure you and I are not the only two people, Tim, that have 
had issues in the past of not having clients respect our time. <laughs> that's, that's right. Okay, so hopefully tune into that, but say looking forward to it. Sam, looking fabulous as always. Great to see you back after your um, series of workshops. I know the Amplify Your Authority series, your roadshow, was amazing for everyone involved. I attended the Canberra event um, and got so much out of it um, from both yourself and Kate Burr, who, yes. of course, we know through LinkedIn as well. Absolutely. So shout, out, shout out to Kate right now. Um, and she's absolutely amazing, wonderful person and an absolute genius uh, oh. at being funny on purpose. She um, is. So that would have been an absolute delight to have her on your road trip with you, I imagine. <laughs> oh, look, I tell you, we're both absolutely exhausted. Two weeks on the road together and, uh, you know, being in the proximity of another genius, I can tell you, not just were we tired from our road show, but the amount of things that and discussions that we had on the road were fantastic. So, yes, thank you for the shout-out there, Tim. I was super glad to be home, but I had absolute blast, got to meet so many people, got to catch up with you, Tim. And not just so many people that came to the event that I'd never met before, but people that I've been connected to for years and hadn't met in person. So big shout out to Dossa Gear up there in Brisbane who also attended and had a great time meeting, catching up with him as well. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So I look forward to that next episode, next Thursday, of course. Tune in to find out how to educate your clients on how to respect your time. Beautiful. Um, I think that's all we have for today, Sam. Great to see you again and looking forward to the next episode with everybody else. Thanks everyone for listening in today. Thanks Tim for hanging with me again. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people. People who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders Inner Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode, and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.